1: From KQED in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Lego. Millions of kids are gifted a set of the interlocking plastic bricks every holiday season. But it's adults who are keeping the company massively popular and profitable, buying up complicated Star Wars, Eiffel Tower, or Bonsai tree sets, and getting together with other A-Foles, or adult fans of Lego, to make builds. But it took a long time for the company to welcome its adult fans. We look at LEGO's path to embracing adults and meet a brick artist and a competitor from the reality show LEGO Masters, where grown ups face off with intricate builds. Join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. It may be hard to believe that Lego, one of the most influential and profitable toy companies today, was facing bankruptcy less than two decades ago. What saved it wasn't just kids clamoring for the colorful plastic bricks. Adult fans of Lego buying up complicated and themed sets played a major role in reviving the company. Now, workplaces are bringing in Lego to spur creativity and problem solving. There's a Lego reality show with grown-up competitors. So are you an adult fan of Lego or a foal? What do you get from snapping bricks together? Joining me now is Daryl Austin, a freelance journalist whose recent Wall Street Journal article is Companies Are Building Camaraderie with Lego. Daryl, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Mina. Happy to be here.
1: So I think you are a self-professed a foal, right? <laughs> I feel like I've really got to hit that FR. No, um. Yeah
2: no you yeah you're right I am I I'm an adult fan of Lego
1: so so why what are some of the things that make you an a full
2: Well, as a child, I was a huge fan of the product. Like most kids of my generation, I'm 40, and when my kid when I finally started having kids of my own, I thought I'll buy Lego for them. And sure enough, the, and the nostalgia and feelings of of interacting with the brick as an adult returned or as a child returned as an adult and I just I loved the you know the the part the part of my brain that could just turn off and follow simple instructions instead of always having to focus on the creative side I love the collectability of it I loved interacting with my kids and using it I mean I play with my kids with other toys too but this has happened to be a toy I enjoyed as well so it was a more enjoyable play experience with them and I love seeing them create things and creatively use their own brains.
1: Uh, yeah, it is it is really fun. What is an example, though, of the most A-full thing you've ever done? <laughs> and the reason I ask this is because I saw a piece that you wrote a little while ago where you wrote, I'm a grown man who has spent over $45,000 on Lego toys. Hey,
2: there's the answer right there. That's the most full <laughs> thing I've done. It's funny. I I actually have this rule where when I buy a Lego set for purpose of playing or building with my kids or myself, I buy another set so that I can turn around and resell it later so that I can make the money back. Lego retains its value really well, and so when you buy when you when you buy and keep a, a Lego set after that set retires, Lego doesn't reuse the same set number, and so lots of times you can turn around and. And Well, in fact, every time in my case, you can turn around and and make a profit on on the set later. And so that's one of the reasons why i spent so much on it is because I use it a little bit. I mean, it's not so much a, a side hustle for me as it is just a genuine hobby. But there is a way of making money on it, and a lot of people do.
1: Yeah. Well, tell me, how important are adult fans of Lego like you to the Lego company?
2: Well... We've always been important, but the Lego company hasn't always acknowledged us as important. In fact, um, when Lego was really starting to struggle, and I wrote an article last year for, as you mentioned, I've written a few times for about the company over the years, but I wrote an article last year for National Geographic kind of going into details about how this turnaround sort of happened and touched on it a little bit in the Wall Street Journal article as well. But in general, the company always geared their product towards children, and that's who they thought their market base was. But when it started to do really poorly in the late 90s and early 2000s, and we can get into why that is later, but why they when they started to, to do very poorly, it was their adult fans of Lego that um, I, I I feel saved the company. I spoke with a lot of insiders for numerous articles and they, they agree. I mean, it was them turning and looking at their adult fans, deciding to embrace their adult fans. And then eventually gearing so many of their sets towards adult fans that they created a whole slogan called adults welcome that came their number one marketing slogan and campaign for quite a while. So it was really in, in embracing their adult fans of the product that it did well. And then, as I mentioned in my wall street journal article, those adult fans then taking the product into workplaces, into places like Ernst and Young and Google and Kaiser Permanente and, and Visa and Lexus and Procter and Gamble, all beginning to bring it into the workplace that um, continued that that even more.
1: Bring it into the workplace to do what?
2: Well, there's there's several applications of it in a workplace. I mean, it's used by different organizations to help. Um, spur creativity and to um, demonstrate what what employees are sort of thinking. It's used as a hobby to go in there and kind of just unwind for a little bit. But the primary thing that I really dove into that's become huge is something called Lego Serious Play, where it's a methodology, it's a sort of counseling session that a facilitator is what they're called, and there's over thirteen thousand of them in the in the world right now that go into workplaces and they teach. Um, employees how to communicate through a different medium than they're used to, like especially in a board meeting setting, and they use Lego bricks as the medium to do that. And so there's it's it's a methodology that's been around about 20 years, and it's really picked up steam in the past five years. The pandemic added a lot to that, and it's really blown up in the U.S. as well. And I just mentioned all of those companies; they all have used Lego Series Play facilitators in their organizations, as well as, of course, countless others.
1: Wow, that is fascinating. And and you say that the company kind of lost its way which led to some of the financial issues that it faced what were some of the things that it started to do wrong that in part adult fans of lego helped them realize
2: a uh, great question so they got away from what the lego brick meant to their audience um, they started getting into theme parks they started selling clothing lines of Lego, They worst thing they did was they started simplifying the Lego process. They said, oh, it's, you know, the, the people's attention spans are decreasing and, and people don't want to spend all this tedious time building something. Instead, they want to get straight to the play experience. And so sets that were 1,000 or 1,500 pieces were suddenly reduced down to like 100 or 150 pieces, very large, cumbersome pieces that people could put together quickly so they could get straight to the play experience. They sort of lost touch. With what Lego meant, they they got rid of a lot of the themes that people were getting uh, that that people were interested in, and they started adopting new themes, which were very costly licenses, which were popular but didn't quite didn't quite pay for the license uh, or the the expenses that they had incurred for the organization, and so it it became it became too difficult for them to sustain because they they were sending all their fans a mixed message, and then Lego adult fans came in and said, "You're losing what makes the brick special to us." and again they had been dismissed for quite a while but some adult fans of lego within the organization that had been listening to those fans um really there was a group of about five of them that were really key finally got in the ceo's ear and he started listening to them. They started. He he himself actually went out to some adult fan legal conventions that had started about 2000 and started applying some of the things they did. Got back to the roots of the brick. Introduced different types of themes that were more catered to adults. Fixed a lot of the stuff that were going wrong for the children marketing yeah. as well. And just turned the company around.
1: Amazing. Well, let me ask. Our listeners, what makes LEGO special to you? Is it similar to what Daryl is describing or something else? What LEGO creation are you most proud of? You can tell us by emailing forum at kqed.org, posting on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. we at kqed kqedforum. Or by calling us 866-733-6786. Were you a fan of LEGO as a kid and have you come back? What brought you back as an adult? Nathan writes, I'm starting a job at the, Lego com- at the Lego Group in March as a product designer. As a company, Lego is as family-friendly as their products would suggest. Their relocation package includes paying all the expenses for moving my family from the Bay Area to Denmark, including our dog, and helping us settle in with Danish language classes and tax advice, assistance finding a home and a school for our son, and a support group for my spouse to find work and get used to life in Denmark. As this is my dream job, I anticipate still being there for Lego's 100-year Anniversary. Congratulations, Nathan, on your dream job. It is pretty amazing. The company, Lego, really does have a lot of goodwill with its consumers. Daryl and uh, Nathan is helping us see why to some degree. But Lego faces pressure, right, to change and grow. I think it's faced pressure to diversify its consumer base, for example. What are the things that you think Lego needs to do to keep that goodwill? Daryl?
2: I think that they can't abandon the the fans that, that um, they've got to keep listening to their adult fans. I think they also can't get so far away from um, some of the things that children still love about the product. I know one of the priorities from interviewing people within the a, a organization that they really try to maintain is that even though they're now embracing their adult fans and catering so many of their sets and themes to adult fans, they can't forget the children that are also at the, you know, still center of their organization and i don't think they are um but i i think that continually listening continually facilitating these um conventions or or at least supporting them continually supporting their lug groups um and, and <laughs> their, their their adult fan groups and i think um you know there there's a lot that they can post on social and stuff to interact with their fans and show that they're listening to their fans as well and i think that they're Doing a lot of that, like you said, they've got a lot of goodwill with their with their adult and child audience, and I think that they're um, maintaining that. I don't see them losing that, uh, and, yeah. and 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 I think it's a priority.
1: I mentioned that piece that you wrote about spending forty five k on Lego toys. It was a confession. The piece was a confession. (laughs) And so it is interesting that uh, in your piece, you do write about for a while feeling a little ashamed of your hobby or a little embarrassed about being an adult and even pretending at some point
3: that you weren't buying Lego for
2: yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I remember going into an adult store and they said, who are they shopping for? And I said, it's for my son. And I didn't have a son at the time. I was embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's come. I mean, that was, you know, a long time ago. And it's come a long way since then where it's not a hobby. And I I mean, I've got lots of hobbies and it's certainly something that I enjoy doing. And it's not something that I'm embarrassed about anymore. One of the things that's been exciting about it is seeing so many celebrities um, embrace their inner adult fan of Lego, uh, Ed Sheeran talks a lot about his obsession. He talked about how, when he, um, uh, first came into money, he said, I didn't want to buy a new car. I didn't want to buy a house. The thing I wanted more than anything was Lego. And he turned around and started buying and collecting bricks and Dwight Howard and Trey Parker and David Beckham has posted on his social channels many times about his fan of Lego and what I'm doing this weekend. And he's got himself surrounded with bricks from a new set. It's exciting for a lot of adults. And I think there's an element of nostalgia at play for sure. I think that, you know, anytime, whether it's an old movie or song, we, there's something that, that rings true to us and feels good to us. Um, but I think that there's a lot of other um, benefits to the, the interaction with the bricks as well
1: yeah well um i must you must feel some a little sense of vindication i think too for all those times if anyone ever made you feel embarrassed about your lego habit i think so well daryl thanks so much for joining us really appreciate it hey happy to be here freelance journal's daryl austin and if you want to see his piece about the inside story of how a band of misfits save lego you can and we'll go out into the break hearing ed sheeran i'm gonna pick up the
4: pieces
1: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Tomorrow, we'll talk about what to expect from the lame duck session in Congress. But today, we're talking about Lego. The Danish company is 90 years old and its toy, the simple brick, has had incredible staying power. It's estimated that in any given year, 80 million children worldwide will receive a Lego set. But today, we're also focusing on the impact that Lego has had on Adults and you, our listeners, could join the conversation and tell us, were you a fan of Lego as a kid? Have you come back to it as an adult? And what brought you back? What Lego creation are you most proud of? Or maybe you have a practical question about buying or storing Lego. We'll take those, too. You can post them in Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at KQED Forum. You can call us at 866-733-6786. You can email your comments and questions to forum at KQED org let me go to Mara in San Francisco hi Mara hi can you hear me I can you're on okay hi
4: yeah well as uh, soon as I saw a Mindstorms commercial I would say about 20 years ago I knew I had found a major passion because their robots work without any remote control you program them and they work independently Mm -hmm. And that started my uh, work with robots. And um, through the other robots I've done and even other autonomous, there are other autonomous ones out there, but a great advantage of the Mindstorms is you can take the bricks apart and put them back together and you can keep making new things and doing new things. And um, most robot kits, you make the kit and that even if you're building your own, you build your own and that's what it does. And I know we're talking a lot about age here, and that we're talking about grown-ups going back to it. And I would say with Mindstorms, um, I've spent a lot of time teaching it, too. And initially they put and recommended for age 12, and now I know there's ones for younger kids, maybe nine or something. But I would tell anyone who wants to get their kids Mindstorms to um, throw out the age recommendation, because a lot of my finest students were like six. Huh. Yeah, when they still are focusing in on um, Legos and not girls or something or boys like, or something. yeah,
1: I like that advice, Mara. Thanks yeah. for that. And I agree. The age is just a suggestion. <laughs> well, it's nice to hear that uh, you fell in love with Lego. I'm about to introduce two people for whom Lego really has been a love affair, been really life altering for them. Renowned brick artist Nathan Sawaya is with us. Nathan uses Lego in his contemporary art pieces. You might be familiar with his life-size figure of a man made from yellow bricks, pulling his chest open with bricks tumbling out. His work can be found in the traveling, traveling exhibit, The Art of the Brick. Nathan Sawaya, welcome to Forum.
7: Thanks for having me.
1: Glad to have you. And also, Christine Tacos-Blandino is with us. She's the founder of Powered by Tacos, a through K-8 educational program that uses Lego to teach STEM concepts. Blandino is also a contestant on Season 3 of the Lego reality show, Lego Masters, where adults compete with their very elaborate builds. And the finale is tonight. Welcome, Tacos-Blandino.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: I am really amazed that you, as I understand it, came to Lego as an adult. You did play with it as a kid, right?
3: Never experienced it. Like, it was just something that was in the background of other kids' background uh, homes, and in schools, it was something that was never really allowed in my home.
1: Wow. Um, Why wasn't it allowed?
3: Uh, my parents, you know, um, they basically, they themselves immigrated from Dominican Republic, so they they really didn't get to experience play so much. They just basically went to work and they just assumed that I wanted dolls. So they would buy me Barbie dolls and I got really bored with it really quickly. Um, so I shifted to, you know... Um, not interior design, but like fashion textiles. And then uh, I got tired of that. And so I started building homes for them. And I would use different mediums like cardboard boxes, the Quaker oatmeal containers, cereal boxes. So I would basically build little towns for my Barbie dolls.
1: That's so (laughs) awesome. Nathan, I'm curious, what is your earliest Lego memory?
7: yeah i it actually started with building homes out of Lego. I got my first set when I was five years old and immediately started building a little city as well. I mean, I think that's something about Lego bricks. It just lends itself to simple architecture where you're when you're very young, and that's how I got started.
1: What do you love about Lego, Nathan as an art medium?
7: Well, I rediscovered Lego as an art medium later in life and realized uh, it had unlimited potential. Um I mean just from a just from looking at the bricks, you know, I love the distinct lines, those sharp corners, those right angles. You see sculptures up close made with these these rectangular bricks and then you step away and all those corners blend into curves and that's that's really the magic of using Lego bricks.
1: What do you think that as a toy or something that people are really familiar with does with regard to the way people approach your art.
7: I think it makes the art very accessible, right? Because Mm. people are familiar with it as a childhood toy, they can then connect to the art almost on a different level. Uh, If someone sees a marble statue, they can appreciate it, but most people don't have marble at home, but people do have Lego bricks at home. So when they see art made out of something they have at home, Hopefully they're, you know, inspired to go create with those Lego bricks, dig them out and and see what they can build. And that really connects them to the art in a different way.
1: Well, listener Shake writes, my 11-year-old son is homesick and we're listening to the show. He's a huge Lego fan, and he wanted to share the following. My proudest Lego creation is the Ninjago monetary set with over a thousand pieces. I love Lego because it keeps me entertained for hours. It's one of my favorite things to do when I'm bored. Victor, 11 years old. Well, hey, Victor, thank you so much for listening and sharing that. Uh, Tacos, clearly Lego quickly became a passion for you to the point where you got on lego masters the reality show can you tell us how that happened
3: i i still don't know how it happened (laughs) (laughs) like what i mean, this is not real this is not real uh they reached out to me season two and um they tried to pair me up with someone the person i originally wanted to go with unfortunately travels for work a lot so it didn't work out with her and then um i spent uh watching season two and practicing different techniques. Um, so in that time, I was wondering, like, who's going to be my next teammate? Who is going to be my next teammate? And then season three came around. I didn't even apply. They reached out to her and then she reached out to me. Then they reached out to me like about two weeks afterwards and started this whole journey together. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy.
1: It's incredible that you kind of just met each other for this because you're put in such stressful situations to create kind of like on demand what was it about it's Michelle right was your teammate yes. what was it about yes. Michelle that the two of you clicked
3: um so we come from a similar background she's from she's from Mexico um I'm from I'm Dominican um we're both mothers you know um I went to school for architecture building design technology she went to school for mm-hmm. Design, you know, so we have a lot of similarities, not only in background but in interest as well. Um, I'm also very easy to get along with. Like you could put me in a bunker, I will survive a bunker for 17 days with limited, you know, resources. Like I, I, will try and and make it work. And she is just it, it work almost the same person. It's ridiculous how uh, well we get along. So yeah. I think that's probably the biggest part of
1: being part of the show.
3: It has to be natural. You have to together
1: naturally. Well, full disclosure, my daughter and I, your your team was our favorite team. <laughs> um, let me get to some more calls on the line here. Chris in Palo Alto, you're on. Hi. Um,
4: my first experience with Lego was helping my kids build missions and frosting them with vanilla frosting to make them look like missions. And uh, then there was a whole hiatus there. My kids, grandkids, they all played with the Legos. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's about four years ago or so, and I have tremor. And I found I have rebuilt, it crashed twice, uh, the Millennium Falcon, which is about three and a half feet long of Starship. <laughs> and I moved on to buildings, flowers. I'm doing the globe right now. I I have the Vespa in my waiting list. Wow. And I, I'm just thrilled with it. And it really helps with focusing the tremor. And um uh, oh. it's physical it's physical therapy.
1: Well, that is that is great to hear. Nathan, I understand that part of the reason that Lego became such a passion and focus area for you was because it was also therapy for you in some ways. How so?
7: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're just sitting and building, it it does feel very therapeutic. I've been told I go into a trance when I'm working on a a large-scale sculpture. I will sit for hours and hours just building away, not thinking about anything other than focusing on the artwork. And it is something that, for me, just took me away from other problems in my life, and, and really was was just a good way to, to find my own self and focus on the art.
1: When did you realize you had something with Lego that you weren't just designing, but that you were making art?
7: Well, you know, it, it turns out I used to be a practicing attorney in New York City, and <laughs> I was working long hours and coming home and needing that creative outlet. I would need something to take my mind in a different place. And so I tried other things like drawing and painting. And it was was one day I thought about this toy from my childhood. Could I use it to create art? And I started experimenting and became really focused on using Lego bricks as an art medium. So eventually I would leave the law firm behind to focus on playing with toys, but in an artistic way.
1: And what is... What is behind some of your most famous pieces being a solid color? What was the inspiration for that?
7: Yeah, that's a good question. I I do often use monochromatic uh, sculptures. I, I focus on a single color because I want the... I want the work to be more universal. If I was to make a sculpture of a human form that looks like a particular person, I don't know if everyone could connect with it as well. But by making the figures monochromatic, it makes them more universal. And when we talk about Lego bricks, they're a very universal product. I mean, the art of the brick has been to over 20 different countries, and yet everyone is familiar with it as a toy. And that's what's amazing about it.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite brick?
7: (laughs) Uh, probably the, uh, one by two jumper. Are you familiar?
1: Uh, you know what? I am looking it up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's actually like it only has a stud in the middle or something like that.
7: Exactly. One stud in the middle. It allows you to, uh, to actually use it for more detail because it's just a half stud off. So you can add more detail to your work.
1: (laughs) Do you have a favorite brick tacos? Tacos, are you there? Well, let me go to caller Alan, and then we'll get back to Christine. Alan, in Newark, you are on.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, the great thing about Legos is they're really well made and they last forever. Um, you know, a from the 80s, you break it apart. And guess what? You can still use it. The, the only time I've ever broken anything was the blue spaceman's helmet. Um, that was the only time. And it just spans everything. It spans art. It spans architecture. And you can do robotics. And you can do little engineering mechanical things. There's a person who's made who's made like Legos who can solve a Rubik's cube. Made a working uh, transmission, and they built. You know, they made a working transmission, and then around it they built a beautiful car. So there's art, and there's this there's, you know this um, mechanical things behind it, and there's programming. If you get the Mindstorm. And I'm pretty sure if they ever made a, a set of Legos out of metal, we probably would be on Mars by now. That's my copy.
1: <laughs> well, Alan, thank you for calling in. Dina writes, our family inherited a large bag of Lego sets from their cousins without the set instructions. So my kids spent years building their own imagined cities, ports, and worlds until we found the brickiest website where we researched and rebuilt most of the sets, about 50 of them. Uh, we're talking with Nathan Sawaya, a Lego artist who uses Lego bricks in his contemporary art pieces. You might have seen the Art of the Brick exhibit, which has traveled nationwide into 20 countries across the U.S. that displays Nathan's art. Christine Tacos Blondino is with us. A contestant on season three of Lego Masters, also f- founder of Powered by Tacos, which offers Lego engineering classes for kids K to 8. Tacos, are you with us? Yes, I am. (laughs) I was just wondering if you had a favorite brick. It sounds like for Nathan, it's the one by two jumper.
3: Uh, I am all about the ball joints. (laughs)
1: Ah, Spoken like a true engineer.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, you you can manipulate them. You can have so much movement, articulate their their, uh, making sculptures just look a lot more organic. So that's basically it.
1: You know, Christine, I'm curious how much we're talking about how Lego is such a central part of your and Nathan's life. How much has being on Lego Masters changed your life now that it's airing?
3: Well, um, I'm someone that I don't have tattoos. (laughs) One, I have the attention span of a two year old. So, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo of this. No, I'm not going to change it to that this is something that's been on my heart for about five years so as uh, a team as a cast we wanted to get matching tattoos and I'm like no that's too extreme I'm like oh my gosh wait hold on this is something that I'm actually passionate about and that we all can agree on so not that we're going to be getting tramp stamps oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) but we're all going to get some kind of that's how much, like my family, normally disowns anyone that does anything like that to their body, and that's something that I'm, I'm willing to risk. You know what I mean? I have this love for the brick, and it, it's, it's it's, it means the world to me to be able to be part of this legacy.
1: Yeah. Wow. And what affirmation from your family? <laughs> <laughs> that they'll do that. This listener writes, and this is interesting. I'd love to get both your thoughts on this. Once you buy a kit and make it, you're done. When we were children, we had to create with Lego. Now it's mindless following instructions. They are so expensive and you only use them once and then they are dust collectors. Please speak to this creativity question. What do you think about that, um, Tacos, about, you know, do you think these sets discourage creativity to some extent or?
3: Um. So I always encourage my parents, the, the the students parents to um, buy the more simpler sets like the classic sets the creator sets I appreciate Ninjago everything that they do monkey kid I just I just got a really cool monkey kid set and I love it but I don't want to take it apart with my classic and creator sets I want to continue building I want to rebuild something I don't want to let it collect dust you know This is plastic. It's meant to be taken apart. It's meant to be played with. Uh, So for those that, you know, buy an extra box, you know, to to resell it and make the profit or uh, get the money back. I I still view it as a kid's toy. I need to play with it. So I as much as I love that giant Eiffel Tower that just came out, I would probably have to tear it down eventually and then rebuild something else either build a great wall of china or just something you know just it needs to come down eventually because if not it's just going to collect dust
1: yeah well well nathan what are your thoughts because i your work they're mocks my own creations and so i i imagine that it's it can be difficult for people or maybe even a little intimidating to try to come up with their own creations at first any advice
7: well i think i think lego lends itself to it though i mean that's the, the whole philosophy behind it is, yes, you can build what's on the front of the box, but then you you don't have to follow the instructions. You can take it apart and create so many different things and combine different sets that there's so much you can do with Lego. I wouldn't limit it to what's on the front of the box. And, and that's been my philosophy as well. And that's what has led me to creating all sorts of art over the years.
1: Well, Linda writes, anyone who hasn't seen The Art of the Brick, Nathan's exhibit, cannot even begin to imagine it. it was in, I was in disbelief throughout the whole thing. I cannot even begin to describe it. The dress was breathtaking. The figure in the water swimming was unbelievable. I was very doubtful when I was dragged by a cousin to see the show. I am now a believer. We are talking about Lego, believing in Lego. <laughs> And we'll have more with you, our listeners, and our guests after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim.
0: Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera.
1: This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking with and about adult fans of Lego, and you, our listeners, are joining in. This listener writes, several years ago, I got the Death Star for my children for Christmas, but let's be honest, it was really for me. During the day, my kids and their cousins snapped together bricks. The instruction book was spiral-bound in about 200 pages. At night, I would do it by myself to recover from the craze of the holidays. Putting that set together while listening to an audiobook and sipping wine was the best form of relaxation. Anne writes, as a former toy inventor and child, Lego bricks have always been a beloved part of my life. My son has been playing with Lego his whole life. Had a birthday party at a Lego store in Chicago, which was a dream come true. He still loves building with Lego. I just sent him a Lego set as a gift while he's away at college. The best creativity building toy. Let me go to caller Jenny. Hi, Jenny. You are on. Hi there. What would you like to say?
8: Hi, can you hear me? I can. Um, I want to say that when we were young, me and my brother, we never get to have any Lego because it's very expensive set. And we always do only window shopping. (laughs) So now I'm working and I have a five-year-old son. I started buying him Lego. It's more for myself (laughs) when he was at uh, two and a half years old. And I can say that's magical to build his logical thinking. And now he's five years old. He can actually build a Lego set that is eight year and above, actually. And mm. lately, he is building a, um, the Buzz Lightyear, the XL-15 spaceship, all by himself. Wow. He can just sit there spending hours and complete that. And I'm so proud. And we just, just want to say... We love Lego dearly and oh. can't wait to see the hundred years.
1: <laughs> well, we are are cheering your son on. Let me bring into the conversation another person. Anne Marie Conti is editor for Wirecutter, the consumer recommendation service of the New York Times. Because I want to get practical with Lego, and Jenny is reminding me of it a little bit. Anne Marie Conti, thanks so much for being with us. I'm so happy to be here. So Lego are very expensive. What are ways to keep the cost down
9: so as nathan mentioned earlier they do have i believe it was nathan um they do have a strong resale value uh, so if you do buy a set uh you can resell it but there's also often ways to find deals on lego we actually have a deals team at Wirecutter, and we have many many a falls on staff it's uh definitely become a thing um and so we are constantly hunting for deals and there are VIP programs. So there are ways to reduce the sting a little bit. Um, Cyber Cyber Monday was a fantastic time to buy Lego sets mm. because we found a lot of dis- discounts on them.
1: Tagos, do you have any tips? I imagine you must buy a lot of Lego, though I don't know if now you're also gifted <laughs> to
3: buy. Uh, yes, I do have uh, quite a bit. I don't have the collection that most people do because I started very late into the game. Um, I go to bricks Re- brick reseller, so um, there's lots of brick reselling stores like all over the U.S. So um, from bricks and minifigs and but like there's just there's there's some chains and then there's some independent stores. Yeah, you can find a lot of really great stuff those places.
1: Well, this is the rights. Hate to poop the party, but these things are made with plastic that will not degrade for millennia. You know, Nathan, we did a show on the incredible ubiquity of plastic, right, which then become microplastics. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the millions of pieces that I imagine must be around you, um, maybe in your art studio, or or worry about Lego's environmental impact?
7: Um. Yeah, I do have about ten million Lego oh bricks God. in my studio, so there is a bit of plastic here. But the thing about Lego is it spans generations. As was mentioned, uh, I believe by one of your callers, is that you know the bricks uh, that I have as a or that my parents had still snap to the bricks that I had as a kid, that will snap to the to my kids' bricks, because this product geniusly still works f- with the original Lego bricks that came out in the 50s. I mean, that's, that's the magic of it, that this brick can just span generations and be reused and reused and itself recycled to continue to be a product that is a great child's toy.
1: Wow, 10 million uh, Lego bricks. That is really hard to imagine. You must have an incredible organizing system
7: for them. <laughs> yes. How do you organize them? Parents often ask me about that, and uh, it's, uh, it's a simple system of just organizing everything in clear plastic bins so I can see what I have, and everything is sorted by shape and color, and of course, I, I pick up my bricks at the end of every day.
1: <laughs> wow, good for you. Every uh, wire cutter's got to have some advice on this, on organizing all those Lego bricks.
9: We do. I also actually want to point out that the bricks can be washed. So if you find old dusty or sticky bricks, we have a step-by-step guide on how to wash and clean them. So I have definitely gotten some older sets that had been sitting around a basement for a long time and they polish up good as new. Uh, We do have a few tips. There are definitely bins and some people prefer to sort by color and others prefer to sort by brick type. It is completely a personal preference, but there, most people tend to use a bin method for storing Lego and then shelving to display them.
1: Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about a little more about some of the specifics of cleaning? Because people have all different ways, but I imagine there are better and worse ways to do it.
9: Yes. When you search the internet, there is some not great advice out there. (laughs) I think one of them was putting them in a washing machine. Please don't do that. That's a great way to get Lego bricks stuck in your washing machine. So it's really just a lingerie bag or a mesh bag is a really good way to keep them together. You don't want to wash bricks that have stickers on them, or you want to do it really, really gently and lightly. But a little bit of dish soap, some minor agitation in a bucket. You can contain them in that lingerie bag, as I said, and then lay them out on a towel with a fan on them. Mix them around every hour or so, and they'll dry. Depending on how many, you know, how many bricks you have, anywhere from a few hours to a day.
1: Well, let me go to caller Tom in Los Gatos. Hi, Tom. Thanks for waiting.
10: Oh, great, great show, Mina. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I think the ultimate uh, Lego invention would be a Roomba-like device. That picks up all the Legos off the carpet on these you know, dark December mornings when the kids open their packages of Legos and then they just leave them on the floor. and Come in the living room the next morning, uh, everything's dark and you're really groggy, and you start to step on little Death Stars, which you know, with Legos embedded in the carpet. Uh, it also, if we had a virtual Lego system, that would eliminate the uh, plastic pollution problem, uh, recycling problem. If we could just uh, use a computer to build uh, Lego, you know, th- three-dimensional uh, uh, graphics, hopefully, uh, <laughs> from now on, it would be uh, suitable for all ages, of course. And pocketbooks, because you wouldn't have to actually uh, buy a Lego system, just a Lego program or software uh, to build anything you want uh, in the universe out of uh you know the concept of Legos.
1: Yeah, well, so. you're bringing up a lot of ideas there, but also the universal experience of stepping on Lego brick. I haven't asked you yet, tacos, if you if you have an issue with constantly stepping on Lego brick, or if you've figured out a really great system like Nathan.
3: Um, I I just wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You <laughs> just let them be scattered around.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, stepping on Lego, you know, it's it's never a pleasant thing. So, you know, biting your tongue and make, just put just put your shoes back on. Just put your shoes back on.
1: <laughs> well, Sam writes, my nine-year-old has autism and Lego has been the center of his play since he was a baby. Lots of autistic kids are obsessed with Lego. I wonder if the guests can comment on this. Well, let me go to you, Anne-Marie, first. Have you heard about this? Um, I... You know,
9: I I'm not particularly familiar.
1: One of the things that our uh, senior producer Susan Davis told us was that her son Lego was one of the most amazing things for her son and also taking their son to Lego Land, it was one of the few places that really did have um activities, attention and thought for kids who might be autistic um, in terms of enjoying their park. So it sounds like it is something that is constantly on their minds. I don't know if Tacos, maybe you have some thoughts on autism and Lego and the connection there?
3: Um, the connection, the disconnection, um, you know, being on the spectrum, um, autism, you know. It affects everyone differently. So I've had kids who just have a thing for taking things apart and nulling. Nulling is just organizing the, the bricks before actually putting them together. Having a system like that sometimes helps. Um, it's therapy. Uh, for my non-vocal um, uh, participants, uh, students in class, yeah, they they loved it. They They use it as a way to To really express themselves. Um, I don't always have students with autism, but every once in a while, you know, it's becoming more frequent and I'm just noticing a lot of them coming out of their shell a little bit more. Um, It's it's just a medium that they're able to, you know, express themselves better with.
1: Well, Carrie tweets, I sometimes use Lego with my clients to help them articulate what kind of experiences they want to deliver to customers. It gives them another way to think and express themselves. It alludes back to what Daryl was saying about how adults are bringing Lego into the workplace, but also just as a communication medium, however you define communication, it sounds like it's, it's really effective. We're talking with Christine Tacos Blandino. Founder of Powered by Tacos, which offers Lego engineering classes for students who are K-8. to And you might know Blandino as a contestant on Season 3 of Lego Masters. The finale is today. Nathan Sawaya is with us, a Lego artist. You may have seen Art of the Brick, the exhibit which has traveled nationwide into 20 countries outside the U.S. that displays Sawaya's contemporary art made with Lego Bricks. Anne Marie Conti is with us, editor for Wirecutter, the consumer recommendation service of the New York Times, helping us with all the practical questions that we have about buying, storing, or cleaning Lego. And you can join the conversation by emailing forum at kqed.org, finding us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at kqedforum, giving us a call at 866 733 6786. 866 733 6786. Daria writes, My now 23 year old son loves Lego so much as a child. I found it incredibly stressful, but he spent hours working on those kits when it came to write his college essays. He actually wrote a fabulous essay about Lego and how it helped him in terms of comedy and writing and building a joke one brick at a time. So I'm definitely going to send this to him to listen to, and perhaps he could be one of those facilitators. His degree is in psychology, has worked a lot with kids, On the Spectrum. Oh, that's really nice to hear, Daria. Thanks so much for sharing that. You know, Nathan, we have been hearing all kinds of things about Lego. (laughs) Some people who find it stressful, some people who worry about plastic and the plastic pieces that it's made from, and so on. What it made me think about is that, in many ways, it's so interesting that your art is tied to a corporate product. Do you ever worry that? Lego PR is very connected to your art so that if the company does at some point lose the goodwill that it has, that it could affect the way your art is seen or appreciated?
7: It's not something I've focused on. Um, I think Lego's uh, its PR team is one of the best in the world, so I'm not too worried about the brand losing the goodwill but that said uh it could be possible but for me the art is the focus and the brand is not really the focus as much the toy is just the medium it's as simple as using any other medium for me it just happens to be this plastic toy but it could be anything it and so i don't really worry about it at all
1: yeah well, let me go to Alyssa in San Jose. Hi, Alyssa.
7: Hi.
11: Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Uh, great. Uh, so um, I grew up with Legos, and I loved them um, in the 70s. My uh, Probably my favorite set I had was like 12 or so um, very large bricks, and I liked to build towers and walls with them skip forward to this last decade, and I have a child who I want to get Legos for, and um, I'm disappointed that I've never seen these large Legos anywhere but this one set I had as a child. And um, we go to Europe, and we're at a hotel restaurant, and they have toys for kids to play with, and they have these large Legos. They're... um, Called Quattro, and they're fabulous. They're you know a brick, a two by two brick is like a handful. It's like three inches by three inches, and um, I just think they're fabulous. And when we got back, um, I looked online to find Quattro, and they were discontinued a long time ago. So we ended up using eBay to find some sets, but um, I think yeah. it was large bricks. For- Well, Alyssa,
1: thanks. Uh, Curious, Nathan, if there is a piece that, when you're making your creations, you're like, I really wish they had this, or do you say, I work within whatever they create?
7: No, I work within whatever they create. I mean, (laughs) I have, I do have a ton of Quattro's here, actually, in the studio. Uh, But, (laughs) but for the most part, I like having those limitations. I, I focus on what the product is, and that is the weird thing of using, as you said, a corporate's product for my art because i can't i can't create a specific color i, I can't be like a painter and take some yellow paint and blue paint to make green paint i can't yeah. take a, a yellow brick and a blue brick and smash them together <laughs> to get green brick so i am for, forced to use their color palette and their shapes and sizes but that limitation helps me focus my art in, in my own way in a different direction
1: well, the listener writes, "My kids will play with Lego for hours, totally unplugged from their screens. I love that they can build and learn to follow detailed instructions and then instead of forgetting about an old toy, they destroy it and creatively build something totally new and Marie, I understand Lego was really kind of saved your saved you during the pandemic.
9: I think it saved a lot of us during the pandemic. That was something that really you know every time my kids would get a little bit sad, I would buy them a new Lego set and when I started talking to other parents and other adults too." That's when they were like, me too. We also have been using Lego to get through this. And that was what spurred the piece that we wrote, because we discovered that there were so many people at Wirecutter that also really
1: found joy in in the building. Yeah, well. Let me read this last comment from Mary Lee, who writes: "This show is bringing back a wonderful memory. Decades ago, the Lawrence Hall of Science had an exhibit of Lego and Connects. My five grandkids and I raced Lego cars, learning that all that mattered racing down the 20-foot hill was weight, not aerodynamic design. Since then, one of my grandsons would visit for the weekend or longer and play with the Connects pieces and never come up for air. At about eight years old, he created a six to eight-inch motorcycle with rack and pinion steering with no instructions. His dad and I were amazed. He's now in college." pursuing mechanical engineering, something I knew all along was his passion. And something that our guest, Christine Tacos Blondano learned Blandino learned was her passion. Tacos, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate having you on.
3: Thanks for having me. It's been it's been awesome.
1: And Nathan Sawaya, Brick Artist, thank you so much for coming on as well. Thanks, for that. Check out Art of the Brick exhibit. And Marie Conti with Wirecutter, thank you as well. Really appreciated the practical tips. Me and my uh, Muppets minifigs also thank you. Uh, Listeners, thank you for sharing your memories, critiques, and uh, for listening. Also, Grace Wan for producing today's segment. You have been listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim.